Kingdom expressed a conversation about the anti-LGBTQI plus bill, which has finally been passed by Parliament. Remember, it went a back and forth for three years. And today, the House unanimously passed the bill into law after some initial hurdles were cleared. Until today, how has this bill fared in the last three years? Let's refresh your mind. And it fares, uh, um, in fact, as it stands now, this is what the law seeks to do. You get three years jail term for engaging in LGBTQI plus activities, five year imprisonment for promoting LGBTQI plus activities. The bill actually came uh, to Parliament. The first time it came to Parliament was in July 2021. Uh, that was when it was introduced. Then in August 2021, it had the first reading. Then today, uh, February 28, the bill has now been passed but that was not without uh, some hurdles initially there's been conversations about substituting the imprisonment term with the community service that suggestion was made by now majority leader Fenyo marking but that was shut down but here are his reasons he says the term called worsen individuals since the act is behavioral the jailing uh, for sexuality is not the solution and he says the bill is likely to resurrect criminal libel law we'll get into that uh, those matters as you see a coalition of some group also bringing up this particular one saying this could affect the work of the media now the majority leader Fenyo marking his initial argument to substitute the imprisonment with community service was dismissed the house also rejected a proposal to seek consensus from flag bearer you remember he said that they should see consensus from the two flag bearers of the two uh, major political parties, the NDC and the NPP. That was also shut down. He pleaded for time to propose further amendment, but was denied uh, upon, uh, he was denied that. So the passage of the bill also had some uh, issues that stalled the passage. So uh, first was um, the plus in the bill which uh, the speaker said was not properly defined so it was referred back to the sponsors that they should properly define the plus in the bill which i believe was done and and today it was passed so is the bill now law no it's not law yet the president has to assent to the bill to be make it law so that is where we are currently but let's paint a global picture uh, the number of countries who have also subscribed to laws that would punish LGBTQI activities. Uh, 65 countries have jurisdictions that criminalize LGBTQ. 12 of them have jurisdictions with death penalty inclusive. 14 countries uh, criminalize expressions of transgender. And then if you look at the Africa perspective, there are 54 countries in Africa. Out of the 54 countries that have criminalized the act are 21. And you have 21 other countries who have custodial penalty sentences. That's on the Africa uh, sub-region. Now, if you look at the penalties associated uh, libel conviction term th those countries uh, we're talking about they have four so this is nigeria for instance and they have 14 years uh, imprisonment conviction for people who enter into same-sex marriage uh, contract or union 10 years uh, uh, imprisonment for people who register operate or participate in gay clubs societies and organizations directly or indirectly uh, making public show of same-sex uh, amorous relationships and you have 10 years if you administer witness aid or abet the solemnization of same-sex marriage or you support registration operation and substance of gay club societies this is nigeria and that's how the picture looks like in Nigeria. Now, if you look at Cameroon, they have six months to five years imprisonment and a fine of uh, 20,000 CFA to 200,000 CFA for sexual relations with a person of same sex. That's your offense that gives you this kind of punishment. And then you move on to top 10 countries who tolerate 
um, LGBTQI activity. So this is the level of tolerance by the countries. If you look at Cape Verde, uh, it gives you 80%. And this is an Afrobarometer survey we're sharing with you. It says 80% in Cape Verde, they have 80% tolerance. South Africa has 70%. And the lowest is Benin and Lesotho, which are at par at 22%. But you see 56% for Mauritius, you see Namibia with 54%, followed by Mozambique, and uh, Sao Tome, 40%, Botswana, and Tunisia, who have some tolerance. But if you look at bottom 10 countries, they are not tolerant. They have very less tolerance for LGBTQI activities, and it is led by Burkina Faso, and Gambia is the least. So Gambia is actually uh, not tolerant at all with 3% of uh, LGBTQ activities. Where is Ghana? 7%. Uh, Sierra Leone, 7%. Guinea, 7%. So these three countries stand at 7% tolerance. And then you see Malawi, Senegal, Liberia, 5%. Zambia has 4% tolerance for LGBTQI activities. Today, the LGBTQI has been passed in Ghana. What next? I've been joined in the studio by Sam Nate George. He's MP for Ningo Pam Pam and the lead sponsor of the bill. I would also be joined virtually by Michael Augusta Sakapo, a senior programs officer, human rights and social inclusion at CDD Ghana. Dr. Amanda Odoi is academic and researcher and a member of the number of coalitions who are against the passage of the bill. And I'll also be joined by very Reverend Father Clement Kwesi Ajayi, his Secretary General to the Catholic Bishops' Conference. Let's have a conversation after this break. And welcome to PM Express. My name is Aisha Ibrahim. PM Express is brought to you by Sintest Tank. It is strong, it is tough. Alomo Bites. Experience greatness in every moment in Ghana AIDS Commission. Absolute every smile matters. If you want to talk about Syntex Tank, no matter your water needs, Syntex Tank has it all. Syntex Tank is first to introduce double layer tank and now you can have as many layers as you want now syntax tank is first to introduce white inner layer tanks in ghana we now introduce to you the customer specs order which lets you order any color and size of preference syntax tanks gives you the longest warranty of seven years which no other tank gives you in ghana so whatever your water consumption size of project or demand choose syntax tank we have agents nationwide call them on 0244-335-168 or shop online at syntexgh.com syntex tank a year strong a year tough also uh i've been joined this evening by uh michael akapo uh, dr odoi and also very reverend father thank you all all of you for joining us sam george is with, with me in the studio it's been a tough day for you i can imagine well we've been following this uh from day one when it started we've seen the back and forth even before the third reading today uh before it was passed into law uh, you had some issues with clauses 10 and 11 what were the issues all right so good evening to our viewers um the media was our issue. The media has been our biggest ally in this battle. You've been a, 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 a reliable partner on this journey for three years. You've given us the opportunity to clarify portions of the bill that had been intentionally and maliciously twisted by opponents of the bill. And so we consider you our greatest ally in this journey. Going forward with the public sensitization, we would still depend on the media. However, we realized that the latest spin had been focused on clause 10 and 11 of the bill, which dealt with the propagation, advocacy of support for the prohibited acts under the bill. And the latest spin had been that we were introducing, reintroducing criminal libel law, and even media houses could no longer have editorials on the subject matter. And so we decided to say that, look, for the avoidance of doubt, we'll put it inside of the bill that this is subject to the 1992 Constitution because the sponsors of the bill will, re will respect the Chapter 12 rights that the media has, the freedom of expression. Mm. But the media is also guided by ethics. There's a difference between editorials 
and advocacy. Editorials are informative and educative. Yeah. Advocacy are opinionated. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. And so, for us, we don't have a problem, and that's why we introduced that these provisions are subject or subject to the provisions of the constitution that phrase was introduced so that all the things in clause 10 and 11 are subject to the constitution article chapter chapter 12 of the of the of the of the constitution that deals with the freedoms of the media okay. article 162 i believe and all that gives you the freedom to express yourself however those freedoms are guided by your ethics and that's why you would not advocate for something that is a criminal offense. That's why you would do, um, Joy, for example, before you started the show, you could have chosen to do an editorial on money laundry mm-hmm. or anti-terrorism. But your editorial will stop short of advocating for those things. Okay. And that's the simple point we're making. Here. Okay, so now it's been passed. Uh, yeah. Let's have an appreciation of what uh, the document actually states right now, currently. Uh, there's a three years imprisonment bill, uh, Pat, there's five years. I mean, what exactly does the document okay, state? I, I don't have the, the document. I mean, just highlight it. Yeah. Um, I think that we, we have three categories of offenses, or four actually. Four categories of offenses in the bill. Category one is where we criminalize the acts on of homosexuality, lesbianism, gays, transgenders, and all of that. That is 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 considered if you're found guilty by a competent court of jurisdiction, you can be subjected to a fine of I think not less than seven hundred and fifty penalty units okay. and not more than two thousand penalty units, I think. Or a jail sentence or custodial sentence of six months minimum, maximum three years. Or depending on the facts before the court, a combination of both. So that's one offense. The second group of offenses are for persons who propagate, advocate, and spread the criminal offense of homosexuality because it's been criminalized by the act. Okay. Now, even that is broken down into two categories. Those who, the gen- who do the general and those who do targeted at children, persons under the age of 18. Now, that comes with a, f- a, a, a prison sentence of a minimum of five years and a maximum of 10 years. Okay. Then you also have persons who fund, willingly fund, such prohibited activities mm. they also have a punishment that is five years to ten years then you have a fourth category of persons who carry out extrajudicial treatment mm. who because there's a duty to report that if you see this you report to lawful authority we've defined lawful authority to include traditional rulers members of parliament and all of those now you either report to them but if you fail to do that and you carry out extrajudicial treatment, mm-hmm. that's where people lynch persons. You can go to jail for between six months and three years. Okay. So the bill itself takes care of extrajudicial. So those are the four various regimes that I readily remember uh, are stated in the bill. Mm. Uh, let me bring in Michael Akapo. Michael, you've been opposed to this bill since day one. Well, it's been passed. Uh, today and it was uh, if you like a unanimous decision by parliamentarians well uh, thank you Aisha I mean <clears throat> I wasn't in poly- I wasn't in parliament when the um, bill was passed 
um, I happened to be in a workshop when I had the bill at the time. Um, but to say that it was a surprise, um, it was not a surprise. Um, we still had followed up very briefly yesterday. We had indicated that there was a possibility that there was going to pass today. And um, as I said, and I'm listening to uh, some judge making uh, I mean, applications on the uh, content of the bill. Uh, I'm just a bit surprised that, um, you know, maybe we've mitigated past the, the thing that um, we had raised up in the bill in terms of prescribing the act of homosexuality, which is already covered under the Section 104 of our criminal code. Uh, I think we also raised the point about willingly funding while um, uh, promoting homosexuality. I mean, I, I, I very differ that in all the time we've been doing advocacy on rights, there has never been any attempt by any of these advocacy human rights coalition to say we are funding, we are pushing for homosexual acts to be legalized. We have never said that. We have argued on the basis that rights are the cornerstone of our democracy. And as such, in the Constitution, which some judge himself in 2015 had sat on the panel on the, on the, on the television program and had justified why he didn't think LGBT people need to be criminalized and why he believes that the Constitution is sacrosanct when it comes to the issues of rights. I don't want to have that one to see some judge that. Um, but uh, it's quite unfortunate that we have to get to this place where we are today. Um, I'll just say that for now. Well, Doctor Odo, you want to respond to that? I'll give you, I'll give you the opportunity to do that. Let me hear from Doctor Amanda Odoi. Your group also describes this law as harmful to democracy and to the country's development. Why so? Um, thank you very much for the opportunity, and good evening to your listeners. I think there's one thing I want to draw attention to before I move to this question: is the fact that advocacy is not opinionated. Advocacy seeks to drive the interest or a cause of something in the extent of causing a change. It can be policy, which is systemic. It can be an individual form of advocacy, which a group come together to make um, a claim or, or push for an agenda. And it, it's informed by, by research. It's informed by activities. It's informed by data. And then there's self-advocacy. So LGBT persons could have done a self-advocacy. But our group moves beyond self-advocacy to look at the impact of this bill on the group, on the society. So we've sat down, and that's, that's the sad aspect of it, that we've sat down and a group of people with a particular interest have pushed for a law that affects the entire country. So we have a, a bill or a law which has not been assented yet that talks about the fact that if um, same-sex relationships, it's um, in our sex, or any forms of unwanted sexual activity as they have defined in the law, it's just limited to queer persons. But then when anal sex, which can be detrimental to the health, as, as they are claiming, also to women when they are forced to have anal sex in heterosexual relationships. But we are saying that, well, with the power in our hands, we can discriminate against a certain gender whilst we give certain limitations to a certain group. We also have um, instances where um, people's lives are going to be monitored. So... At first, queer people have lived with us. Actually, there's evidence to show that queer people have always lived with us. We have gone to school. The reasons why we have um, norms and practices in our schools which had sanctions around um, these relationships is the fact that they have always been with us and we thought that we should be regulated. But with the start of this bill and the discussions around it, hostility has increased against the community to the extent that even non-queer persons who exhibit effeminate characteristics are right now attacked. You go to the job place, your movement is monitored. People are discriminated against. An employer can decide that because you exhibit a feminine characteristics, I cannot take you or employ you in my job just in case I am tapped for employing somebody that is queer. Because 
by walking about, I do not claim to be a queer person. You will never know. If you never catch me an act, you can never know. This has implications for people's livelihoods, people's economic participation, people's engagement in education. Now we are saying that institution, academic institutions must out all students who are assumed or perceived or are found to be queer. You are denying them right to education. There's equal access to education that must be for everyone. And this has implications for the, for the lives of these young women, young men that will have to go to school. It has implications for employers. You are saying that, that the client's doctor confidentiality, if you're a doctor and you, come, you have a client coming to you and it tells you that, well, I am here and because of this and that, I need this kind of um, services, I must be asked. And it has implications for brain drain. We've realized that in most countries, people who feel that they, they, they are being targeted are leaving. There are lots of us, if, if nobody tells you that, dear Kay, you will not know. So there are skilled people we have trained that may have to leave this country at this point because they do not feel safe. And these are the economic issues that we are raising. And the fact that this bill does not only apply to queer people, and we are at risk. As a parent, you have to, you have to give up your child. You have to report your child who is found to be queer. And this child may be the breadwinner of the family. What do you do as a pastor or as a priest? If, if somebody comes to you and comes to confess, now you have to... You have to and report that person. So what are the, the mental stress, the torture we are going to take? A lot of people who are not necessarily clear through these phases has implications. And some of the words that are being used also, for example, if you're saying that promotion, promotion is subjective. As an academic, my specialization is in sexualities. And as part of sexualities, I do LGBT studies. As public health um, workers, we need to talk about some risk even around sex sexualities and it may include talking about care people and some of the support that they will need. It is for the good of the country and for us to be able to look at the various groups they are needed and how to meet them so that it does not become a problem. At this point, it is going to be very difficult to engage in such conversations. And you're saying that who willingly funds research peace policy, research fees the betterment of the lives of people. So if I get funding and to research on care issues and there's implication. If I make known that I'm a recession into this field, I'm looking for these kind of people to talk to. There's implications. So you're indirectly restricting production of knowledge, participation, and empowerment of people and how to engage their lives. And these are the things we're saying is dangerous. If we already have a law that says that if you engage in a certain sexual act, you are going to be arrested. Why do we have to create new ones that has to affect an entire population, a whole country, and limit the rights the voices of people and the ability to engage. And redefine laws to suit. And the redefinition of laws, which has implications for other groups, such as genders, such as women, and how they can engage even in sexual relations in their bedroom. Some judges here. If I'm a mother and I go into a hotel with a, uh, with a daughter or from a friend, and we want to stay in a hotel as two females, right? And when you're booking a hotel, you have to call. And then and presumably the hotel has to ask you, are you going to be two females living in a room? Are you queer? All these restrictions, all this discomfort that are coming with it are things that we, we think that we should have paid attention to. Sam George wants to react. You want to react to uh, Michael and then uh, Dr. Odoi. First and foremost, I appreciated that Michael, if he was going to make reference to the video from me on uh, Majority Caucus on Joy News. Mm should not have just listened to a 60-second clipping that's been put out, but listened to, requested Joy FM to give him the full tape. I spoke in context. So, Michael, go get the context and understand it fine. Now, secondly, when you say that people have rights, and, I mean, Mike, we had this conversation on Newsfile about two weeks ago. I gave you a simple homework. I expected that you would do better this time. I asked you two weeks ago on Newsfile, to show me what part of the Constitution of Ghana, the 1992 Constitution, gives people rights based on sexual preferences. You can't just come on national TV and say that people have rights. Rights are defined in Ghana's Constitution. And this also deals with the misinformation put out by Dr. Amanda Odoi. Rights are defined in the Constitution. Even the rights to life can and will be curtailed by the state on certain grounds and bases. All the rights in the 1992 Constitution are premised on the fact that they are not injurious to public safety, public health, and public morality. It is clear that the proponents of this pro-LGBTQ agenda read the Constitution in bits and pieces and omit certain parts. 
Because if you've read the 1992 constitution that you say gives you rights or gives the people you advocate for rights, did you read the constitution to realize that rights can be curtailed on the basis of public morality? And do you understand what morality and public morality is? Do you understand what public health is? Dr. Manda Odoi admits that in the course of their work, they have to deal with people who are at risk because of their sexual activities. And you don't think that that constitutes public health? And again, the misinformation. I, I don't know if she's referring to the bill that myself and my colleagues have altered. But you see, people have created their own impression of the bill and are, are fostering their misinformation and miseducation on people. First and foremost, I mean, several of the claims she's made here that you can't go and apply for a job. Why? When you're going to apply for a job, does anybody ask you who you slept with in your bedroom? Am I the one asking LGBTQ practitioners to define themselves by their sexuality? What happens in the confine of your bedroom remains the business of you and your partner. Nobody's coming into your bedroom to find out what's going on. But when you decide to define yourself by what is supposed to be your private sexual preference, then it becomes a matter of public policy, and public policy will apply to it. And if this is all about funding for you, I am more interested in the sanctity of Ghanaian children and not the funds that you receive to do what you claim is academic research. You travel to countries like Qatar. Some of you travel to Qatar. Some of you travel to Saudi Arabia. And when you go there, you abide by the laws there. You just showed Nigeria. Nigeria's punishment is 15 years. Yet they go to Nigeria, they go to these countries and respect the law there. I think that Ghana should become a jungle because we think that we are yes, we are because we think that we are so liberal. The Americans who are funding you in American states, they are taking legis passing legislation to curb LGBTQ. Two days ago, Tennessee passed legislation in his house that banned the, the flying of even the flags. They've not just banned the activity. You can't even fly the flags in public schools right now. They're protecting their children. And so what they are rejecting in their own countries, you, have, you want to come and impose it here. In the United States, 27 out of their 50 states have laws that, that ban one form in one form or the other LGBTQ. That's more than 50% of their states. And yet you want to paint a picture that you are so academic. How academic are you? Are you, are you the places you are getting the funding from, in their own home countries, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, is pointing out that homosexuality makes a person 400 times, a homosexual person is 400 times more likely to abuse substance and be, and, and be an alcoholic and be a drug abuser than a heterosexual person. And it constitutes a health crisis. A homosexual person is 400 times more suicidal than a heterosexual person. Not me, the CDC. It says that a person, a man who has sex with another man, is 400 times more likely to get HIV AIDS than a heterosexual man. And you think that this is something that we should allow you advocate for in the name of academic freedoms? Well, rights are definite. And I'll be glad for you to go and test the law in court and show to the courts what rights you are defending. And you see... Let me just wrap up with this, Aisha, because I'm sure you want to bring in a few other people. It's extremely important that we understand that in this country, nobody is marginalizing any group of people. And Michael makes that point, that why do we need this law? Because you have Section 104 of the Criminal Offenses Act. Well, maybe, Michael, you should go and read the Attorney General's memo to Parliament. In that memo, the Attorney General actually applauded us because Section 104... If you read Section 104 in light of the Supreme Court's ruling in Banusin versus the Republic 2014, where natural canal knowledge is defined by our Supreme Court, you realize that Section 104 is discriminatory because it cannot apply to lesbians because it talks about penetration. And les lesbians do not have a natural organ for penetration. And so the Attorney General is unable to prosecute any female engaged in lesbianism under Section 104. And so when you have a law that is 1960, which at the time was dealing with what was the known form of homosexuality. And today, you have transgenders. You have all kinds of, of, of insane perversions being bandied around as lifestyles. And we are making our laws representative of it. You say, why are we doing that? Come in. Very reverend, um, I, I want to bring you in now. And I'll give you the opportunity, Michael and... Uh, 
Dr. Odoi, to come in on this. Very Reverend, you've been in support for this uh, from day one. Now it's been passed. So what? We have Very Reverend AJ. Yes, the church is very happy. The leadership of the Catholic Church is very happy with the passage of this bill. And we are praying and hoping that the president will ascend to this bill so that it becomes law. And congratulations to Parliament for the high percent. And, uh, and that is our, our, our object because from a Christian point of view, uh, uh, the law, the bill, seeks to, to, to promote what presenting is all about. Human beings uh, were, were created in the image and likeness of God. And throughout the Bible, homosexuality, lesbianism, whatever, has not been, they, are, they haven't been, they are contrary to the tenets of the, the Holy Scriptures. So we are... My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. We thank Parliament for passing this bill. And we out of it. Thank you. That's what they, uh, uh, your group also talk about how this will affect the work of the media. I think you, you made mention about the editorial bit and then uh, uh, um, you, you, you try to differentiate editorial advocacy and all of that, uh, trying to say that what is in the law actually affects the job of, of the media. I mean, it, I, I just want you to elaborate more on this, how this would actually uh, lead to or bring back uh, criminal, uh, criminal libel law. Okay, thank you. But before then, I would want to respond to a few issues that some judge raised. And there's one thing that I think he has made clear. This is not the first place he's mentioned that, that using statistics from CDD. There's a reason why there are numbers. So I think he has to go beyond looking at the numbers that I'm mentioning to look at the reasons behind, behind the reason why queer persons are more likely to be suicidal than heterosexual persons because they lack support. There's no support. And that is one of the things we are doing to them right now. So right now, if anybody is going through a problem, they don't have any outlet to go seek support. But as a, as a heterosexual person, you can just go out there and talk to any doctor and then you are okay. So these are some of the reasons why those statistics speak to the higher numbers when it comes to issues of mental health and suicide amongst that community. So he has to go and look beyond the numbers and speak to the issues be that, that are informing the numbers that are being put out there. Also, I think he has to consider the fact that sexual risk is not limited to queer, queer, queer community. There are sexual risks even among heterosexuals. Heterosexuals that engage in anal sex are also a public health risk. So if you are looking at saying that this is just a, 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 a group and then if we halt their practices, we save public health, you are opening up a number of people. If we are saying that heterosexual community in Ghana is, is bigger, you are opening up a number of women who are being exposed to heterosexual, to a number of, uh, to uh, sex, uh, anal sex, to a number of uh, sexual health risks that we have to pay attention to. And nobody is saying that we cannot have rights, whether is a, a bigger group as well, we are saying that we have to pay attention to the issues at hand, and those are some of the issues that Michael was raising. And, his, and he also mentioned the fact that who ask of your sexual preferences? Nobody needs to ask. Sometimes you need to pay attention to the actions and the, the hostility that is coming out, out of this bill. Now you just have to have effeminate characteristics, and everybody assumes that you're queer because that is the image that we have put out there about who queer persons are. But we have a number of queer persons who may not even exhibit such traits, and they are not at risk. I did a research. And, it's, and I looked at homophobic violence in Ghana, when and where it counts. And it counts when people actually tend to think that if you have a feminine characteristics, then automatically you're here. So people that are not even in the community are at risk right now. And they are being targeted. So you don't have to be asked by your boss 
to be able to, for them to for them to be able to say that okay you're here. We have people that make posts and just bear the mere fact that they are men and exhibiting those streets, people already tag them as gay and that has consequences. So they don't need to be asked. If that is the case then we don't even need to criminalize because nobody will have to know what we do in our bedroom. Do we know what you do in your bedroom with your partner? No. We don't come to ask. So we assume that everything is perfect and you are okay. We don't know the kind of dangerous sex that may be happening in people's bedrooms, even uh, heterosexual. And then with the media, you mentioned his opening statement that he assumed that the media is an ally. You are gagging the media straight away saying that it's either they align with parliament on this bill or that's it. They cannot support. But the media is there to be a voice to the people who out issues that are detrimental so that we can engage them as a society and find solutions to them. You don't just coerce and, and the media and say that ally, ally for which reason? To promote something that we think is detrimental. One way the media is going to have issues is the fact that if there are pressing issues that you're supposed to raise in the media concerning um, LGBT issues, now it's going to be very difficult because promotion is subjective once again, as I say. Talking about LGBT issues may come with a different reason for which the media is reporting. Whatever somebody does with that information, you can never tell. But then you can be assumed that by the mere fact that you are publishing certain, certain news items, certain activities on your news item, then it means that you are liable. Right now, the media, the media outlets cannot show certain movies that are supposed to be having clear um, perspective. But for all you know, the content of that media item you're showing could be speaking to an issue that may be raised in this bill for whatever reason, but you cannot promote them anymore. And these are the things that we're saying that needs to be needs to be addressed, and these are things we need to pay attention to. What I find surprising is that we are not going to regulate what people share on their social media outlets, what people inform, what information people put out there. So if I find out that somebody um, there's a care committee, so I can just make a post. Oh, look at these people. And then it's two men probably engaging in hugging or something. And then automatically I could be attacked for promoting fairness. But it could never be. It could be two friends. It could be two siblings hugging and, and, and showing affection. And that's it. That has consequences. So this is the extent to which we are trying to limit and, and then curtail our ability to be able to pass on information and be held criminally liable for certain things that might not even be intended. Michael, so the law has been passed. So what next? Well, um, uh, Aisha, so I, I wanted to just go back to a little bit to something some judge has said about the Constitution. You see, I like to ground my argumentation in the Constitution. And just like I did tell some judge the last time we engaged, I told him that the Constitution is a neutral document. And it's for this very reason. That is why when the Constitution says religion, it doesn't prescribe for us what religion would you have. And when the Constitution says gender, it doesn't prescribe for us to determine what gender that is. But I just want to take him back to something he has said. Now, if I look in the Constitution, which part of the Constitution guarantees that people who identify as they want to identify to be uh, um, uh, is, uh, is part of the constitutional uh, makeup. So this idea of, or I'll call it this, this, this assumptive operating uh, uh, um, thinking, which is operating on the fact that, you see, sometimes because we are heterosexual, and because we never question heterosexuality since we have been born, so we're taking it for granted that it is what is supposed to be for every society. The point I'm trying to make is that the Constitution does not discriminate. And I've said it so many times, that in matter of fact, there's no reason why we should even be having this conversation of LGBT rights. Because when the Constitution says all persons, it means all persons. It doesn't create separate categories of persons. It's like all persons. So when you're making the constitutional argument to cause uh, or to sanction the discrimination of a, a population of the country, you have to be very careful. Like I said, I, I'm a fan of human rights. And I will go to bat for only persons whose rights are being infringed on whether they are gay, whether they are lesbian, whether they are uh, from their tribal life, whether they are minoritized on any other ground, I will defend their right 
to be who they are. So we need to make the clear distinction. As I said, if you want to prescribe the act, if you feel like the act is what you want to prescribe, then make the law to do that. But the idea that, should I say that I am I'm gay, should I hold out that I'm gay, and automatically I should be arrested, and uh, even if you look at the, uh, the duty to report, I'm supposed to report to assemblymen, MPs, uh, which part of our, how do you call it? Which part of our judicial, our police system, reporting system, have an MP to be reported to? What is the MP going to do? You know, we have so it's many problems in this country to be worried about. And to think that this is what is important for us. I mean, that's a story state for our public. It is a really sorry state for our public that in this moment of economic crisis, in this moment when people cannot afford to keep a single bill on the table to eat, but we, our political leaders who we've elected, who are running a $100,000 car, think that it is the certainty of what people do in their bedroom that they should concern about. It's a sorry state for our public. Well, uh, Sam George, you've seen the resistance coming from all angles. In fact, the Amnesty International has indicated that it will go to court if this uh, bill is passed into law. And today you're hearing uh, the coalition of the, the group that is against the passage led by uh, Professor Odrigajekbo, who say they would also be heading to the Supreme Court. It does look like you are not done with your job. There, there's still more obstacles that you need to clear. Well, Michael ends by saying that I drive a $100,000 car, and so that should, my focus should not be on the sexuality of people. Well, your whole job is about getting funds from the aberration of other people, and you think that you have a moral right to talk about something that's a law. I mean, I mean, I mean, listen, Michael, 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 you reference, you reference all persons. You reference Article 17. I've, I've said to you on this platform already this evening, don't read the Constitution in bits. Article 17.4. Michael, let me give you an education, please. Article 17.4, the Article 17 that you say says all persons. Go and read 17.4. I've told you, don't read the Constitution in bits. Read it as a whole. Article 17.4 says, nothing in this article that you have referred to shall prevent Parliament from enacting laws that are reasonable, necessary to provide a for the implementation of policies and programs aimed at redressing social, economic, or educational imbalance in the Ghanaian society. When you have people who are born with six fingers, it is not considered, or six digits, it's not considered the norm because it's a one in a million occurrence. The fact that you have individuals who choose on their own to carry out what society does not consider normal does not mean that we must make it normal and that is an educational and societal imbalance that parliament has rightfully passed the law under article 17.4 to deal with when also read article 39 the cultural imperatives that have been imposed on the state so read the constitution as a whole and don't read it in bits and pieces and amanda makes the point that i should go and look at what informs the statistics ah amanda you are saying that people's aberration their, 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 ab, uh, their abhorrent sexual preferences makes them suicidal because they need help. And you think that we should now accept that aberrant behavior, that, that, that abhorrent practice, and now have to deal with giving them... Why? Is it because you think that that will open a room for you to now do research? But listen, people do research today into pedophilia. People do research into money laundering. People do research into all kinds of vices. It doesn't mean they have to advocate for it. The moment you begin to equate advocacy to research, you've missed the point, Amanda. That can never be the basis of research. Research can never be equated to advocacy. And the moment you do that, I see you've lost the plot. Okay, so the point we'll make here is this. Amnesty International... And you see, another point Amanda makes, that she's seen a rise in violence. I challenge you, 
Amanda. And you see, we did this when we had the open session for all of these allies to come into parliament and appear before parliament. We asked them for evidence, evidence of either a job or, or, or a hotel or any discrimination against a person, wrongfully so. None of them could produce an evidence. On this show, I'm calling Amanda out and saying she should give us one instance, one, of increased violence against a person because of this bill. Mm. Look, it's easy, to, it's easy to say the things you are saying, but trust me, so long as God gives me breath, I will continue to hold all of you to strict proof because it is clear that the intent behind all of this advocacy is economic. <laughs> Aisha, let us, let us call people out. It is economic. It's about the funding they will receive. Do you, do the funding you, you receive... You have proof, Absolutely. CDD is sponsored. No, CDD's research, and Michael is here, CDD's research on this bill was not funded from their own. It was funded by donor partners who have an interest in pushing LGBTQ. You should deny it. Amanda's research is sponsored by groups that are pro-LGBTQ. Don't deny this. This, uh, this is fact. So if people are thinking about the money they get for their research, and for that, they think that Parliament should sit down for the innocence of our children to be taken away, where are we going as a country? In terms of accent, or, or they can't accent deny. they should state the source of your funding. Okay, I'm challenging you to state the source of your so, funding. Michael, Michael, so, give me a so, second. Uh, I'll, I'll come to I you too. All right. So go ahead and respond in one minute, I please. This very state, this very Ghana state we live in today. Right? Who, I mean, where are we? Who, who is funding us today? So, so, so you are not disputing that you are funded are by groups that are interested in LGBTQ. You are not, you are not disputing it. Because we need to call the CDD out on this. The CDD does fantastic work, but on this matter, we will call you out. that you are deny the consent. So he's doing that. Michael, go ahead. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. The state that some George is a minister, is that a member of parliament for, is it not being funded partly by donors? So what is he talking about funding? And then you mean go back to the Parliament is funded by those. No, what's the point he made? To go back to the constitutional argument he made. Look. No, he should Richard, let's not run away from your source of funding. Michael, let's establish it. You've not answered my question. Are you funded or not? Michael, can you give him a direct answer? Are you funded or not by pro LGBTQ groups? Allow him to organization. So Parliament 
cannot be used to propagate hate. And that is what I'm telling him. And by the way, that is exactly what this bill is doing. Michael, kindly read Article 39.1. Right. Since you are reading the Constitution, read Article 39.1 oh, 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 right. and 39.2. Sam George, you have your response now. Uh, yes. in, in terms of assenting the bill, yes. you don't have a good case because of precedence. Uh, recently, we've seen two uh, bills that you've passed into law. Uh, the one that has to do with the uh, death penalty in our criminal law and then the witchcraft accusation bill. You've seen the back and forth on it. As we speak, the president hasn't assented. What makes you think he will assent to this? Well, it's up to the president to choose to assent or not to assent, but if the president is minded that he holds power and trust for the Ghanaian people, and the Ghanaian people overwhelmingly today it was a unanimous vote. There was no vote in opposition to the passage of the bill. We represent the people of Ghana. We've passed the bill. We're bringing it to him within seven days. He has seven to 14 days to append his signature to it. If he chooses not to, he would have to give us tangible reasons. And if his reasons don't make sense to us, we intend to bring it back to Parliament because the Constitution envisages the time that you can have a president who would not be in tandem with the wishes of the people and gives us two thirds. If we get to thirds of Parliament, we will pass this bill into law with or without the president. But the president must bear in mind that his legacy is one that's at stake. He has made commitments to the Anglican Church in the Eastern region when he addressed the clergy there and said that under his watch he would make sure that nothing that promotes LGBTQ is done. There is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing that is more inhibital to the promotion of anti-LGBTQ than signing this bill. You understand me? So, the president, I, I hold the view that I believe he would listen to the will of the Ghanaian people and proceed to sign it. If he doesn't do it, we would exercise our two-thirds majority power in parliament and, and, and pass it into law. Amanda, I have one but, minute. But, Let but me I'm give not. it to you to wrap up. Uh, when are you going um, to court? I, I, want to, I want to clarify, and I want to clarify some judge. I Please do that in one minute. That is making them have mental health. Just the lack of support is informing the statistics you're speaking to. So go back and read it again. Also, I fund my research, and I dare you to come out and tell me where you think I get my funding from, if you are dying somebody else to come up as well. I'm also surprised to see a whole member of parliament saying that there's no relationship between research, advocacy. Go check all our policies that we have as a country. And the relationship that, that's not what I said, Aisha. That's not what I said. That's not what no, I said. What Don't misquote me. No, please. You said I said no research is not the same as advocacy. Let me have my one minute. You don't don't, don't, don't misquote me. If you're going to quote me, if you will quote me, quote me correctly. And clearly, I want you to understand that that is the relationship because for a policy, for a lot to be known, there should be. I didn't speak of a relationship, Amanda. Don't set your own questions and answer them. I said there is a difference between research and advocacy. Listen to this audio again when the when it's over and you will see the mistake that I said well, the difference between advocacy as a parliamentarian and I don't think that we should make well that's all time will allow us and as this bill has been passed we are monitoring how things unfold we're looking forward to the response of the president who has the ultimate responsibility to assent or not to uh, assent the bill so of course we are watching with keen interest uh, definitely there's more conversations on this topic thank you so much Dr. Amanda Odoi, thank you, Michael Akapo, very reverend uh, AJ. I'm grateful for your time. And Sam George, thank you so much for coming to the studio. Viewers, many thanks for watching. Enjoy the rest of our program.